to have you i'm so happy to have you this is episode 183 i think your last episode was like 90 something 80 or 90 it's been some time and i appreciate coming back do you remember the last thing we read i remember reading the goat one that the last one (laughs) that was the first one we read that was the first one (laughs) we read a couple things after i remember the one with like the guy who was sleeping remember is that it that is it. The one I remember the guy Best was... time. Yep. And he was sleeping <laughs> and he had like the thing that was like creeping on him. It was pretty creepy. Episode one, really great. Kind of a kid retelling his ghost stories. Yep. Mentioning how things haunted him uh, really badly as a kid. And episode two, awful, because he realized that it was a demon, and then he had to, as an adult, exercise the demon by going back to his place of childhood and trying to, like, ritualistically get rid of a demon. And for some reason, it had him, like, crashing his car off a cliff into, like, a lake or something. Really bad. The first one... It's like a real Hollywood ending. Basically. Hollywood doesn't know how to end anything. No, it doesn't. If anything, the first chapter should have been the only chapter. Just yeah. been like him saying, and I never went back to that house. You know what I'm saying? Right. And then I'm boom. Because that's how the chapter ends. Yes. It's I moved out of that house and I've never had a poltergeist experience like ever again. Yeah. But like then he continues and says, but I've been haunted by that house ever since. It has kept me up at night. I need to figure out what happened to me as a kid. No, you don't. No, you don't. It's trauma. You don't Get over it. <laughs> Yeah, we all go through some or creepy stuff. Or just move on. Just go home. We all have baggage, kid. Move on. I agree. <laughs> oh, I'm so happy to have you here. Do you know how many people have asked me, like, where the fuck you've been? I, I really didn't know. I didn't I didn't know that uh, people... Is it a surprise for me to tell you that people have been wondering where the fuck you've been? <laughs> yeah, it really was because, you know, I, I, I compartmentalize my life. I can't say that word, so don't worry about it. But, you got it. Um, but I, I really... Like, I'll do something, and I'll enjoy it, because I really do enjoy this. I don't, I, he didn't pay me to say that. There is $10 being slipped to me, but other than that, um, I do enjoy this. And in return, I'll, like, you know, just do, I'll just move on with life and keep going. And then <laughs> then the cap will come to me and be like, hey, do you want to do this again? And, and for me, it's not even a question of yes or no. It's of course. It's just I didn't think about it. <laughs> but it's really, really was nice. To hear that people were wanting me back. That that makes me happy. So it's it's not just the people I wanted you back. It's just, you know, we specifically with these last couple fucking months, man, like Screw like, these last months. This this podcast has seen an exponential growth in the last year. That's wonderful. And I I almost owe it a little bit to Corona because I think people were looking for a way to get out without getting out you know like podcasts have never been more popular than like right now podcasts and video games Yeah, people are right video games there's like people are stuck at home people don't want to leave people don't have the ability to leave still in some places so it's like 
what's what's your connection to the real world? Like, okay, displacing myself through media. Like, okay, like, I, I, I just for shits and gigs, I went back and I, like, looked at the stats for some of your older episodes, and some of the comments were literally, like, I really like this guy's episodes. Like, when is he coming back? Oh, I appreciate like, that. When, like, like, I hope this guy has a lot more episodes because I like his thoughts on things. Like, that's, like, someone, like... In, like a musician in in like Hollywood in like California was liking all of your tracks and said something along the lines of like I really like how this person like handles their their mind you know the, the way they like say things and that's was, really good to hear I was like, thank you so much guys I was like that's <laughs> that's so fucking cool like I mean then you have episodes like Terry the tickler where like I'm not so sure if even he wants to come back on the show. <laughs> so it's, it's one of the... Maybe it's the material I stick him with, but, you know... But someone has to be stuck with it. That's not always the case. So, with you, you know you know what we're doing here. Of course. You know, you know how we operate. Glad we to be back in the operator seat. the spooky spaghetti with Gestalt. And we, we like to get neurotic. We like to get psychological. Of course. He's like, I read Psychosis with you. Like, that's a, that's a big one. That's, that's a big one to even, like, that's think a big about. That's in, 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 in and of itself. In internet fiction, like, storytelling, like, Psychosis is, like... One of the big boys. One of the big boys. And I know a lot of people like bedtime, but, like, let's be honest, only some of it is good. <laughs> and Anansi's Goatman story is mind-blowing. I still recommend that episode I, to people. I, it's one of my favorite stories because of how— mysteriously came out online. <laughs> yeah, that just—it came out. No one knew anything about it. It was basically like a 4chan post kind of a story. He, he tried telling it in green text and gives up two paragraphs in. Yeah. He's like, I can't tell this in green text. It just—it's it, it, not going to sound right. And I'm like, no shit. Nothing sounds good in green text. Yeah. Unless you're talking about how you accidentally took a shit. When you didn't mean to yeah, that one time. That short 4chan post. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Tits or get the fuck out. GTFO. So, uh, yeah, no, we're not doing that. We're going to do... This is going to be like a throwback to your older episodes. Like, the only, only people who've been doing this as long as we remember, like, the first year doing this. Like, you're in the yeah. first 30 episodes, man. Like, you remember, like, the oldest as this show has been. Of like, course. We're going to bring it back to that shit. We're going to just run into a story real quick. But I did want to catch up, and I wanted to see, like, what media are you consuming right now? Is there anything you want to give shout-outs or recommendations to? I, I value your critical opinion. So if there's anything you've been playing or watching or experiencing lately that you're a big fan of, yeah. I want to give you like a platform to kind of give it a shout-out and maybe like a minute of reasons why. <laughs> like, yeah. And I leave that door open to you. And I, and I hope we connect and I hope I also learn things. But here is your platform to do so. So with media, we're in such a weird place where we're not getting as much um, movies and television. No, there's a stopgap. And the stopgap is starting to open up. Yeah. And things are starting to be re-recorded or at least like pushed forward. You know, you have movies like uh, the new James Bond and you have all these other movies that had to stop due to Corona. Now they're starting to come back in and I'm excited to see where they go. But what has come out, have you seen the two new HBO Max shows? The first one being... Um, the wolf one. Raised by Wolves. Raised by Wolves. Everyone keeps telling me to watch it and I and, haven't done it yet. And then the second one, 
Lovecraft Country. Being Lovecraft Country. I am watching Lovecraft Country, and I fucking love it. Okay, so I'll start <laughs> with Raised by Wolves. So fuck you. <laughs> it's like which one do you like? You know who? You know Boring. who did tell me to watch uh, Raised by Wolves? Who? Tenron Otrin. Or let me say, he and I used to text each other while watching Westworld. I love Westworld. I did too, and I haven't watched the third season. Please I, do. I had a feeling it wouldn't be the same. Are you? Telling it is me not it's the good? same. It's not the same. Is it good? Yes, but it's not the same. Okay. And I'm also I haven't to get watched off the last train, episode. Then. You you kill me a little bit when you kill Anthony Hopkins. So I think like I think anytime Anthony Hopkins is dead, it's a bad day. <laughs> <laughs> so season one, he's he's a masterful actor, and they of course they took the Walt Disney out of the Walt Disney story. So it's it's hard for me to want to go into the third season. Did you enjoy the second season? I did. See, some people did not enjoy the second. season. I know season. they didn't, but I was into it. Then you like the third season for being new. And I, and I like the existing cast of characters, so I am interested to see what they do in the real world. It's, it's So, much like Raised by Wolves, mm-hmm. my fear of watching Westworld Season 3 is the fear of not being... As good? I'm not even going to say that. Um, the fear of actually not enjoying the product that I'm being given. You'll enjoy it. And it's the idea that my expectations very often do not meet reality. Of course. <laughs> of course. And it's it's mostly due to, like, the people who are in control of these products. Like, I I really don't have that much faith in someone like Ridley Scott anymore. I don't think so, anyone does. So, like, Prometheus is garbage, and Covenant was even worse. Like, you, like, you are Ridley... Let's green text. You are Ridley Scott. You go to the studio and you say... I want to do this Paradise Lost fucking, like, three-movie arc series about the creation of mankind, and only aliens are going to feature, like, in 10% of the storytelling. (laughs) And then the studio says, the aliens are going to be featured in 80% of the storytelling, and fuck your whole god complex. That's where we got Prometheus. And then he goes back to the studio and said, hey, remember my god complex? Can we still do that? And they said... No, more aliens. <laughs> and that's where we got Covenant. So that's what happens when you have a director that doesn't have a backbone and just kind of yeah. retreads the same shit. I'm very worried that when I watched Raised by Wolves, I'm going to be reminded of like a shitty Blade Runner or a shitty Westworld. I think that Blade Runner and Westworld stand head above this, above okay. Raised by Wolves. Okay. So I'm going to... You know, since we're talking about Raised by Wolves... By all means, downplay I'm going to be the one person... Tenron downplayed it for me, and it makes me want to watch it more, but I still have... I'm going to be the one person to really, other than him, to downplay it then, because we'll start with Raised by Wolves. I'll be nice. Um, Raised by Wolves is the show about a guy angry at God who doesn't want to talk about God, but he only Mm -hmm. talks about God. For, For sure. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with this, by the way. There's nothing wrong with being angry at God or not thinking there's a God. Nothing. <laughs> but here's the problem. He doesn't shut up. <laughs> he doesn't shut it's, up. He's <laughs> like, hey, you want to know my problem? Let me tell you my problem 20 minutes later. And that's my problem. And let me tell problem. you again. And then the next time you see that same guy, he says, hey, by the way, did I tell you the problem? Did and I it's tell like, you the problem? Let me tell you again. Yeah. It's like when... A vegetarian walks in and sees you eating meat. Vegan. A, <laughs> let's a, a, let's, let's vegan. make it a vegan. Vegan police. <laughs> vegan police, open up. Um, so Milk and eggs, bitch. When, <laughs> I love Scott Pilgrim. Um, <laughs> when 
when the vegan walks in and sees you eating meat and starts crying and tells you for the fifth time in the week that he's vegan, your answer is, that's great. I'm eating meat. Can you please let me eat my sustenance in peace? Yeah. And this is how I felt about Raised by Wolves. Do you tack on a shut the fuck up at the end? Sometimes, depending <laughs> Sometimes. on if I've eaten enough of the meat or not. Depending on how much they're crying. Yeah, and how much they're crying. So here's the issue I have with it. My issue is not, now, as a backstone, like, as, like, a little sidestep, I am a religious person, but that's not why this offends me. Sure. Why it offends me is because if your story is going to be about how you think that religion is stupid, make it a good story. Oh, Sure. Like, oh, sure. Because that's really what the story is. If that's your stepping off point, at least go out with it. Go out with a bang. At least, like, dive into it. Because if you're just, like, kind of half-assing it. The religious group of the story is so (laughs) pathetic. Like, to the point of being like, look, I know that there's a lot of patheticness in real life, both non-religious and religious. Sure. On both sides of the spectrum. Absolutely. Like, 100%. I, I, I have no problem with people making fun of, like, religious backgrounds i mean there's there's a lot of crap out there hey man i i laugh at just as many christians as i do scientology that's what i'm trying to say is there's there's so much of everything to laugh at respectably and uh, but here's the issue they make it so this religion with soul this this like god and like they make it so 15th century christian i'm going to tear through and i believe in manifest destiny and oh it's it's very and some people will be like, no, no, it's not. No, it is. Okay, stop. It's it's so f- 500 years ago that, okay. and, it, and they literally wear outfits that look like 15th century, like Pilgrim going to, shit. going to, yes. They're, and they're, they call themselves the pilgrims at points, I think. Like, okay. So when they say. Heavy handed is what It's I'm so heavy handed. So, yeah. so the robots teach them atheism and say, these guys are stupid. Like, they literally say that nonstop. They're like, these guys are stupid for believing in a god. They killed off our society. And in this case, let's be, let's be whatever. Let's just say that is what happened. And that's how Earth got, like, more whatever. I won't spoil anything, but, like, you know, sure. where we are in yeah. the trailers. Yeah. Where they're like, we moved on from Earth. And we're now trying to find new life. These aliens are trying, I mean, these um, androids are trying so hard to be like, like, man is awful because of, like, their belief in God. They're pathetic. But at the same time, they're trying to raise man. So they're also trying to, like. Be God. Yeah. So they're trying to be God and say there is no God. But listen to us because we're going to give you the laws. But their laws are stupid. And it's. Everyone is saying it's a masterpiece. I went on IMBD and there's only two opinions. There's the super rightists that are like mad uh, I was gonna because say of the, the God stuff. The newest thing I've seen on Reddit is like, it's like everyone needs to watch this show. And I'm like, nah, I'm watching The Boys and I'm having a really yeah. good time. Let's talk about that for five seconds. Ready? One, The Boys is cool. Two, The Boys is cool. And so until we get to five, okay? <laughs> the end. And, and you, know what the really boys, cool. you know what The Boys also does? Makes fun of Christianity, but it does it well. Oh sure, because it, 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 it the actually is number one opinion of anything is all systems are corrupt. Yeah, and that's what I'm trying to even say. If, even if you're an underground surrogate, you're fucking corrupt. It's like Carl Urban's character is corrupt in like he every, kn- every fucking way, but and he's, he's the main character, right. and he's aware that he's corrupt. So when we when we look at Huey's, the boys, Huey's your everyman, and he's getting corrupt. It's the, from it's season to one say to, that corruption is inherent in any system, and like yeah, no one ex- is above it. Exactly. So and and when you watch the show, whether you believe that, but it doesn't shove it down your throat as much. Whether you believe it or not, <laughs> yeah, 
it does not shove it down your throat, as the cap just said. Yeah. That's what's so important. And even when something does shove something down my throat, if it's for like five minutes, great. But if it's the entire premise of your show. Which is what I'm getting with Raised by Wolves. Yeah. So most of the. Is it preachy? It's so preachy, huh. and and here's the issue is even if I was eating the eating the meal that it was giving me, right? Even yeah, if dr- I was on the other side, if I was drinking the Kool Aid, flavor aid, yeah. If I was drinking it, right, I still wouldn't like it because of how it's done. Sure. Trust, okay, let me say it like this: There's movies that have the same faith as me that I just want to bash my head against the wall, right? Like God's not dead. Absolutely. They make the they make the atheists these stupid idiots yeah. that don't know what they're talking about, and and then the Christians are like these perfect people. No sure. one, no one's perfect. Sorry, shut up. I so agree. so like so not only is that like that, but like if I watch a movie like this on the other end, this this TV series, absolutely, it's the same thing. It's like this guy that's preaching that says, "Stop preaching, I'm gonna preach." The world is so much more gray than that. Yeah, there's so many more gray spots in the world, and actually, that that kind of that does kind of resonate with with my problem with like Prometheus a little bit. It's like you're you're presented with this concept and then you have these two-dimensional fucking characters. Yes. And it just it drowns the narrative and and it takes away all all suspense because you don't care. <laughs> the movie's apathy so I, incarnate. So I, yeah, it kind of is. It's like something created the earth and then walked off and pissed off and said, I hate you. And he's like so mad at God for it. But yeah. he, and that's the whole movie. Is and that then, Raised by Wolves? No, no. That's, that's I'm <laughs> saying that's... Per- I'm asking, is that is that parallel so far, at all? So <laughs> far, where I'm at in Raised by Wolves, I promise you guys I'm trying to get through it just so I can have a better opinion. But three like three episodes in, I'm like, dude, the androids are overpowered. The, the humans are idiots. Fair. They're all like... I'm okay with that. Watch it for the fun of it, and hopefully us downplaying it. You might come to me next next episode and say, "Wow, I really like that show," and that's good. That's, that's because that's it's fair. an opinion, and I, and I might, and I might. Um, are there any horror elements? No, in okay. my opinion, I haven't seen anything horrific other than blood, but not horrific as in like yeah. Lovecraft. I was gonna say Lovecraft Country is. Um it plays more with it. Is is very it's a very fun show. And and I don't love every episode. Like the people on like A V Club are like masturbating, they're like having a circle jerk at how outspoken and great Lovecraft Country was because like we just got a really great African American narrative from from the Watchmen show that HBO did. Watchmen was great. Which was phenomenal. Yeah. And, like, I don't agree with what they did with all the characters, and I don't agree with necessarily everywhere they went with that show, but they told what they wanted to tell, and I can't I can't disagree with that. But, like, yeah. some of Lovecraft Country is very, like, let me beat you over the head repeatedly with these concepts. And that's the worst mm-hmm. thing I'm going to say about Lovecraft Country. So, sorry, I understand. I understand the Jim Crow era... Not every episode has to be about empowerment. Yeah, so let me let me just say that with where we are in society, it seems like it's a very heavy-handed message right now. It's a message that everyone wants to tell. Yeah, right. If you tell it right, then it helps the people that maybe like maybe there are racist people that are going to watch the show and be like, "Crap, are we like this?" But like, if it's I too heavy-handed, say, I would say Ruby's episode about being white and not being white. If you've got, tell me if. If I'm spoiling anything no, for you, you're not. but like 
her her episode with the potion or Letitia's episode buying a house in a white neighborhood, those are the best ways to convey your problematic narrative because you are messing with the context. You are not messing with the character. Yeah, never mess with the characters, guys. What what they did with Hippolyta's episode a couple, I would say two weeks ago, was stupid. I did not like that episode. It was high-octane, like, sci-fi garbage, in my opinion. And, like, almost nothing in that episode does anything new for me as her as a character. And first off, it's Hippolyta. For some reason, they keep saying it Hippolyta as if saying it in some type of urban dialect is going to make it sound more inherently African-American. I'm sorry, that is a Greek word, and you are saying it wrong. The name is Hippolyta. Preach. If you were to look up how to say that word online, Google would say Hippolyta. When you say Hippolyta, you sound like an idiot. And I don't know how many people that had to get through to be filmed repeatedly with all these characters saying Hippolyta. That's not how you say that name. So when you introduce that character and you have this kind of unfortunate backstory for this very outspoken female character, it just makes the entire episode kind of dredge in its own, like, self-worth. And I don't know, like, so much of that show is so good with, like, Atticus's episode with Jin, um... In, in uh, Vietnam. Shout out to Atticus, great actor. So, shout out to Jamie Chung. I've never seen her act so well in her entire fucking life. And she was from, like, the real world. You know, like, mind-blowing. Yeah. So, like, she she's great. I loved that fucking episode when, when you find out that she's a, a, a what is it called, like, a, a Yumiho or Yumiko or, um, yeah. you know, the nine-tailed fox. Like, so much of what they're doing in that show is so fucking good. And and I also think the actor who played George Freeman is fucking amazing. Um, they had a good cast selection. And and the guy who plays Montrose with his, like, coming out in that era, like, is genuinely heartbreaking. So, like, so much of that show is good that when I feel they misstep, they misstep fucking hard. So... That I'm not going to circle jerk Lovecraft Country, but I will say that this last episode was fucking awesome. I'm going to um, give it a solid eight. The, with, <clears throat> like, just in general, from rating the whole show. I'm going to say D running away from those little girls has been scarier than both of the It movies that just came out. I don't like the second It movie, and I know not that Not a it's, big fan either. Not uh, you know, That's... Just a whole nother thing. <laughs> it really is, and that's okay. Uh, give me your opinion on Lovecraft Country. Yeah, so Lovecraft Country was something that I think I needed. I needed something that was horror, but wasn't too horror. Yeah. What I mean, what I mean is that I needed something that was going to draw me in with some horror roots, but also an enjoyable message. And it's not just <clears throat> fantastical horror either. It's of like, course. It's like. Jim Crow era horror, like fearing for your life, like as as a as a black sundown person, like, towns. Yes, like that was some good shit. The first two episodes could have been a movie. First two episodes are so good. The first two episodes, my people listening, could have easily been a movie. And if let's just say you watch the rest and you're feeling meh about some of it, like 
at least get something from those first two episodes. Oh, sure. I mean, people need to people need to go into Lovecraft Country knowing it's supposed to be an anthology about a about a. I didn't a, know a history of people. Um, you learn it by by learning about the book a little bit or having read the book. Um, I I kind of skimmed it to get an idea. Yeah. And honestly, the book is so much more like left field. Really, the book is so much more scatterbrained and all over the place, and doesn't really deal with the same characters very frequently. Um, so then, like, it's good that the narrative do, is better. They do pop in frequently, but the stories aren't always about that. They're not as interwoven, right? So, what the show is doing is very much its own thing, and I don't know if I want it to continue past a first season. I, feel I like wouldn't want it to continue past the first like season Watchmen, at all. Watchmen was great as the one season <clears throat> yeah. it was. If Watchmen were to continue, I'd want them to, to pick up again with like a time jump or a time between what the show just was and the movie. Like like a lot of time passed between the show and the movie. Very much so. Um, or the show and the timeline of the comic book. So like it's... I, I want to see more of that universe. I, I don't necessarily want to see more of those characters. And I think that's where HBO can shine. They have the budget to make oh, one-off yeah. seasons. Oh, yeah. If they keep doing one-off seasons, you know how much content they're going to have. Yeah. Now, I do think they do need to find one or two shows and run with it. I don't think it's Raised by Wolves. And I don't think it's Lovecraft. And I don't think it's Lovecraft. I think they need to find... Well, they will probably get it with their um their their next Game of Thrones. That's series. what I'm trying to say. But they need another. House of, they House need they need at least one or two Game of Thrones like shows that are going to carry on because with sure. HBO Max, sure you're getting a lot of really good one off seasons, but you need both. So yeah, tell tell me more about Lovecraft Country. <clears throat> so Lovecraft Country, I think that not only are the first two episodes a perfect movie, just like the first uh, episode of uh, Mr. Robot. Oh yeah was totally felt oh, like a movie yeah. in its own right. Because originally, if you don't know, Mr. Robot was supposed to be a movie. Didn't know that. Uh, and when the script was made, the whole first season was one movie, but the first episode deals with enough that it was like a movie in and of itself. And I, I loved it. And in the same way, the first two episodes of Lovecraft Country, I know I just said this, but I'm really trying to hone into the fact that it is tight. It is it, it moves on a very precise module. It is like I am on a roller coaster, and I loved every moment of episodes one and two. I loved Whitey's on the Moon. I loved every piece of it. The Shoggoths. Yeah, I absolutely loved the visual effects. I loved how much they teared through those, like, the cops. Like, <laughs> how much gore. I don't think yeah. I've seen that before. It was just very enjoyable. Even, even with that opening dream sequence, you know you're in for something crazy. A treat. Because you, you just, you watch, what is it, Jackie Robinson just yep. fucking take down Cthulhu with a baseball bat. Yeah, you do. It's 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 crazy shit. It's, it's very H.G. Wells, you know, meets, meets like acid. <laughs> like, yeah, it definitely felt like it had that H.G. Wells corny yet amazing feel. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I think for that era. And I think what's what's honestly like what's honestly the most redeeming factor about Lovecraft Country is that they are undoing Lovecraft's racism, you know, like which is necessary in this current era. I mean, it's it's necessary as a as a culture. This this guy was so great at writing and had such a, a wonderful fictitious mind but at the same time he couldn't see past his own biases like 
and, and I and love I that think, the show talks and I about think it. That, and I think that's why he wasn't more popular. I think that's why you walk down the street and you say H.G. Wells' Time Machine or H.G. Wells' or War of the Worlds. Yeah. And you and you get people nodding your head, but you walk down the street and you say, um, you know... Uh, Mouth of Madness. Mouth of Madness or Mountains of Madness Sorry, or yeah. um, The Siren of Innsmouth or anything like that or, you know, uh, the it's a reanimator. Um, you'll get people who are just like, I don't, I don't know, like... It's not going to ring as many bells, and I think that's—I think that has to do with his bias, and—and and that sucks for him. It made him <laughs> less sellable. What's what's messed up, and they talk about this in the first episode, is the creation of black people. Is is that's so messed up, and 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 it, it is not a story you want to read, ladies and gents. <laughs> I've as someone who's read it, it just. No, Love Lovecraft used to used to refer to uh, African Americans as animals. They were basically these animalistic beings yeah. that were created separate from white man, yeah. and that is so messed up. It's, and it's so, and that's coming from someone who loves Cthulhu mythology. <laughs> he had such a great brain. Right? Why did it have to go that way? And and now you see the repercussions. And it's so cool that Lovecraft Country could work with those repercussions. I would say work against it. Well, like you know Works, what I'm saying. Work so vividly against like, someone's bias. Exactly. Like, to the point of of it being almost the message of the series. It's. It's, exactly. It's something I, that I applaud and and but again, at the same time, like there's a fucking line and that's and that's why I'm saying the Hippolyta episode is bad because like they do cross the line a few times. It's it's just like I don't need I don't need the fucking like hashtag woke, hashtag queen, hashtag empowerment. Yeah. Like 24/7. Like when you when you who who said it like get woke, get broke, like when when you sell out that much and that's like your only message like i'm looking at you cw shows when you sell out and you make it like your only message like batgirl like we don't talk about batgirl like like fucking drown <laughs> like like you have one audience and it's not even like a good one <laughs> yeah i think that's the biggest issue with america is once they find a message that needs to be said they go woke they with ham- it. They hammer it. They hammer it. it. It's like, hey, black people are people. Well, no crap. Now, does that mean that just because I believe, obviously, that everyone is created equal, that I need to hammer that? Well, here's the here's the thing. It should be known. It should be. And then but there's a have, difference. Then you have the very vocal minority that, that is just so fucking wrong and makes everything seem awful. Exactly. So it's, you know, it, it's tough. It's an uphill battle, I understand, and... It, we shouldn't be having this argument it 160 years after like the biggest civil rights movement but here we are almost back in a, the one of the biggest civil rights movements of of our entire and world. and that's why it sucks that people of color like so so my best friend he's black and he's like and he's a nurse and he's had patients reject him how why how why how why <sighs> I'm watching Handmaid's Tale right now, and yeah. it's it's just like, it's the same thing. It's like believing a woman can't do a man's job. It's it's it is it's aggravating, man. Yeah, it's the fact that we could think that any human being. Shout out to Handmaid's Tale. Yeah, it's a good shout out. Um, that any human being is not created equal is messed up. It's fucked up. Like I, I know that certain people are born with different right, not rights. Uh, give me a second here. Certain people are born with privileges. Absolutely. Yeah. Like they're born into a rich family. 
right? That sort of thing. It's like, okay, they have a privilege, but no one should ever be below a certain point. Absolutely. Everyone should be equal. And the fact that we even have to say this on this podcast <laughs> is hilarious. I shouldn't need to step up on a soapbox to say we're created equal. Yeah. <laughs> that sucks. Like, and that's I, the world we live in. But that's but that's also, like, like, Lovecraft Country's, like, number one plot point is these characters do not view themselves as equal. Yes. And, and it is their kind of combat against the... F- I need I need to say that it's a fictitious world because it it exists inside a fiction, but the way they're depicting it honestly doesn't seem that far off from how historically things happened. Because like Bobo, like um, mm-hmm. the kid who died, historically speaking, that actually happened. Oh, I didn't that, know that. That kid in real life was lynched for bumping into a, a white woman in a grocery store and killed in front of like tons of people and then drowned. And this is why American what history was it? He was he was um it's because Christina dies the same way at the end of the episode. Yeah. He was beaten, shot twice, lynched with barbed wire and chucked in a lake. Jeez. Overkill. To a 12-year-old or 14-year-old boy. That's insane. For bumping into a white woman in a grocery store and then not saying, like, I'm sorry or excuse me. That's the society. That's, that's So, yeah, wow. that's that's the world that that, that narrative is That blurs against. the lines between reality and fiction, then. Uh, yeah, I mean, we have just as many problems now still exactly. with, with race. So let's, let's move yeah, forward. Yeah, past that. But, you know, Lovecraft Country... Highly recommend. Highly recommend. Uh, Raised by Wolves, moderately recommend. I would see, recommend. <laughs> so I would, out of all the recommending things for Raised by Wolves, this is what I would say. If you want something by the guy who brought you Alien, <laughs> this is not, <laughs> this isn't the thing you wanted. He's been gone for a couple years. He, he just pretend he doesn't exist anymore. Oh, that's so sad. For, for the last 20 years. That's so sad. But, but... <laughs> it's so sad to say. But it's true. It's, it's, he has not made anything good in a while. So, the last 20 years, let's say he's not made anything worth enjoying, what's to say that now is the time? Mm. Just because he has the budget doesn't mean what? What does that mean? <sighs> it, sh- it should mean something, but it doesn't. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, if you were to give someone like John Carpenter a budget and just say, do whatever you want, I'm sure we would get something amazing. Yeah. It's, I can't say the same about Ridley Scott. I can't either. And here's <laughs> the thing. If you guys in the, the funny comments... Thing about John Carpenter is he'd be like, I don't want your fucking money. He'd be <laughs> like, I don't want your budget. Like, I'm, I'm done with this system. Go fuck yourself. But I did hear that he is um, he is key producer on the new thing adaptation that they're doing. So, I'm excited for that. So very okay with that. If he if he hammers them with practical uh, special effects... I'm going to cry and, if, it's, and, if it's practical. And prosthetics... Uh, if, he, if he hammers that in as as key producer, then I will I will watch that that material. Happen. I'll marry him. <laughs> I'll marry the dude. I'll marry. Him. <laughs> like if if we can get a thing movie, in our era, you see how good the original thing is. Imagine a thing in our era with like. I hope the manuscript leaks just so I can see what see what we're dealing with because that's Frozen Hell as like a manuscript sounds very fun. So I. 2013 Evil Dead prosthetics. Beautiful movie. Beautiful. So if they can do it, you can do it. Yeah, I want a I semi 
on a moderate budget, arguably the same budget they had fucking 40 years ago. Yeah. Something upscaled. Something, something around like 40 to 80 million, you know. Yeah. If if uh, if Garland, I can, think fifty is. If Garland can make dread with like forty or like sixty, then like that's exactly what we should have for the I next think, thing. I think I think dread was literally like forty. I think and it then, was. And then marketing. Sure. But which is I expensive. Don't cons- but I don't like, consider market. That's that's the producer's job. Yeah. Um. I. Film wise, like I want to, I want it to be as real as they can make it. And of I, course. And I hope. I think. Uh, what's a good example? Overlord. I love Overlord. Overlord is like the closest thing I can think of, and it's only just because Kurt Russell's kid plays the captain. Wait, is that why? I mean, Jack Russell is is fantastic. I'm saying, is that why it got a budget? Wade Russell? Jack Russell? I don't know his name. I don't remember his name. Um, I love Overlord. No, I mean, I think it got a budget because it was Bad Robot Studio, but... Oh, okay. um, But I think... um, I think when I look at that movie and how practical the effects are and how well it was filmed, I say this is what I want out of, like, a new adaptation. You know, like, I want the thing to feel that. Uh, Over, int- Overlord intimate. felt so intimate with the blood and with the action. And when the first guy turns into a zombie and his neck is, like, rotating around and, yeah. like, flopping and it was <laughs> disgusting. Yeah. Because it wasn't Very overtly fun. CGI, <laughs> we had fun. Now... Movie producers, fun. fun. I, I know you don't remember what that's like, mm. but mm. if your audiences are having fun, say it with me, fun. fun. If your audiences are having fun, then they're going to come back and tell their friends, and you're going to make more money. And that's how you get a cult masterpiece. And that's how you get Mandy. <laughs> okay, we can't talk about Mandy. Um, we've, we've talked enough, yes. and I'm ready to have some I'm ready fun. to jump in. <laughs> but don't forget, We're... do well, make movie, movie good. <laughs> Movie fun. fun, movie money. <laughs> movie money. <laughs> Don't forget. I feel like that was Sam Raimi's argument when making, like, Spider-Man. He was like, let's just make it fun. It'll be stupid. But, like, if it's fun, people will like it. <laughs> and then they made a bunch of money. And then they made a bunch of money. It's like, yeah, the third one's real dumb. We're getting real dumb with it. Still made the most money out of all three yeah. of them. Don't, don't know how. <laughs> so today I have the honor... Uh, with the cap of reading Channel 543. Channel 543, this is coming from Reddit No Sleep. I've had this story for fucking years, and I think I wanted to read it uh, like 50 episodes ago. So here, so here, here we, we are. are with Gestalt, who should have been on 50 episodes ago. Reading this reading thing from this story, 50 episodes ago. Uh, episode 183, Channel 543, Reddit No Sleep. Take, take it away, Gestalt. <clears throat> I feel like they're just speaking to my soul with this first Same. line. First line reads. First line reads, I have always been a bit of a night owl. Same. Yo. Gucci man. Hashtag yes. <laughs> if it weren't for the fact that I work most days, I would happily sleep until noon and stay up until 3 a.m. on a regular basis. I do Joke's work. on you. I do work most jo- days, and that's exactly <laughs> what I do. <laughs> Joke's on you. Cap already does that. <laughs> The silence of the world past 2 a.m. on a weeknight is pretty suffocating. The roads are empty except for the occasional headlights that pass by every 10 or so minutes. The sidewalks are bare and silvery, bathed in lamplight. The background noises of shouting, car horns, barking dogs, and construction give way to sighing breezes and dead leaves on concrete. It's peaceful in an eerie way. Of course, 
when you're long into the witching hour, it's not always simple keeping yourself from driving off a roof out of sheer boredom. <laughs> Any late night type can tell you how quickly the television becomes your friend. A giant chunk of my paycheck goes towards high-end cable. Usually I just leave the TV on as background noise, but if it's a good show, I'll sit down and watch. Last Wednesday night, I was more tired than usual, but still couldn't find it in me to sleep. So I plunked down in front of the TV with a microwave tamale and my cat, Frank, idly channel surfing. This is you. This is, I'm pretty sure they wrote about me <laughs> and they changed the names. Yeah. I started to, instead of uh, TV, I watched Twitch, but it's, it's similar Fair on enough. my TV. I started to get bleary-eyed after a few Food Network reruns. Oh, this is me. <laughs> Flipped the channel a few more times and nodded off. The time was about ten past three. I woke with a start. Frank had let loose with a high pitch and darted off towards the bedroom. At first, I was like, nah, no biggie. Cats are weird. <laughs> but my eyes wandered back to the screen. I landed on a snowy channel. Which was odd because I seemed to remember a show being on before I fell asleep. But as I watched, the snow flickered once, twice, and changed. It was some kind of home video of a room. The walls were that stained, were that dingy stained yellow that suggested the place hadn't been occupied in a while. And the overhead lighting didn't help to improve the atmosphere much. There was a single metal stool in the corner, but other than that, the space was empty. This struck me as odd pretty fast because there was no sound or ads at the bottom suggesting any kind of broadcast. But then I became aware of a sound, a very soft sobbing. Great. Healthy. <laughs> I thought it was female, but the pitches of the sobs changed frequently, making it impossible to tell. The me. sobs, what? <laughs> me. <laughs> You're like, is that a woman? Is, is that, that a woman? Is man? that an old man? Is, is that a child? Uh, that's Captain. It's just the cat it's sobbing in the corner because it's not his time to read. I thought it was a female, but the pitch, of, the pitch of the sobs changed frequently, making it impossible to tell. The sobs very slowly increased in volume and changed somehow. They stopped sounding anguished and became hideous and echoing, interspersed with hoarse screams. Nay. Nay. Don't. It's a different type of horse. Sorry. You're almost there. Sorry, Cap. <laughs> the sound jumped from the speakers and filled my room, as if the person sobbing were in my apartment with me. I don't like that. Until I swore they were inside my skull. I like that even less. I was rooted to my chair, nails digging into the cushions. Whoever it was, they were in terrible emotional or physical pain to the point of where all the rage in the world was concentrated into that remorseless wailing. But instead of thinking, oh, that poor guy, girl, it just numbed me cold with fear. Then the crying stopped abruptly. I blinked, but was still not shaken from my trance. I watched the screen with apprehension, feeling that something unspeakable was about to happen, even though I didn't know what. For a moment, I hoped I was wrong, but then the screen went dark, the static flickered again, and the scene changed. The stool was in the middle of the room, toppled over, and hanging over it, head tilted at a broken angle was a person the rope around their necks swung and creaked at the person as the person turned limply until their face turned towards me whoever they were they were clearly dead 
Their face was puffy and bluish, mouth open to show a black and swollen tongue. The eyes squinty and vacant looked down, and then they looked up straight at me. Nah, I'm good. <laughs> and then I turn off the TV and go no home. Thanks. And, uh, no thanks. Good night. Enjoyed the show. Um, somehow this managed to arouse me enough to grab the remote and switch the TV off. Hey! Smart. Hey! Eating for tag. Good, <laughs> We're good feeling job. you. The picture zoomed into blackness and I laid back, breathing heavily, my heart hammering. That just feels like something like you weren't meant to see. That yeah. just genuinely feels yeah, like something. Genuinely you uncomfortable. Meant to see. You're just like, I'm gonna. Someone's like, worst moment. <laughs> yeah. No thanks. Surely I just caught the end of a horror flick. It wasn't real. Movie makeup is pretty good these days. Even so, I booked it out of the living room and spent the night in bed with my cat and a book and every light on. The next morning when the sun was safely overhead, I had rationalized my experience enough to switch the TV back on. It spat out some kind of infomercial for a blender and I breathed in relief. I checked the channel. It was 5.43. I really should have stopped there, but I think whatever had happened that night wasn't finished with me. Over the course of the next few days, I'll come home from work to find Frank hiding under the bed with his tail bushed out and my TV on. Although it wasn't when I left. No matter what channel I left it on, when I switched it off, it somehow found its way back to 543. That's when you break your TV. That's when you move to a different country. And change your name. (laughs) So far, I haven't been watching TV at all. For uh, numerous reasons in addition to this, but like I said, I have a feeling I'm meant to see something. I don't know what, although I'm getting a little panicked. Should I just ditch my haunted-ass TV and stick with Reddit or what? <laughs> I think yes. you answered your own question. You answered your own question, and there's only one part to the story. Good night and good uh, riddance. Much like bedtime, it's. I feel like I'm, I'm feeding off the protagonist's awareness yes. of the situation that they're in. Yeah. And agreeing with almost like every step of it. But yes. I can't help but look at the page count and be like, how are you still dealing with this problem? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, if the story stopped there... We're done. Great. Good. It was a good story. Let's read let's the second story. Let's let's read something else. But n- no. <laughs> Part two, It Came Back. Good story title. So I followed everyone's advice and took some precautions. It was hard finding a new agey type store, but managed to dig one up that had sage smudge sticks at five for five. <laughs> Went home, stunk up my apartment with burning sage, had to cover my fire alarm with a plastic bag, sprinkled some salt around the TV. Then for good measure, I propped a crucifix up on my windowsill. I'm not Christian, but I have seen The Exorcist. There you go. And I figured it couldn't hurt my, in my case, Linda Blair suddenly decided to crawl out of my 35-inch plasma. Uh, wrong film. That's actually Ringu. Ringu. I had to admit, I felt pretty dumb doing all of this. I'm not a superstitious person. I'm just stitious. I'm just dick. Frank was none too pleased about the smell either, and made a point of sneezing in my face. The cat did it. The cat's in charge of He's all the this. one remote, remote plugging it in. He just yeah. likes the way it feels on his paws. Aww. But he did come out from under the bed, and after a while even rubbed against my leg and ate some shredded turkey, which is his favorite treat. Maybe it was my imagination, but the apartment felt lighter somehow. That's sus. As if an invisible weight had gone from the air. Of course, it was also ten in the morning on a cloudless autumn day, so my spirits were already somewhat heightened. Things, however, changed very quickly after sundown. 
Get a new apartment. As a layout of my apartment, before I continue, it's a one bedroom on the third floor, and the front door opens into the living room, and the opposite wall is mostly windows, and then the far corner is my TV. To the left is the door to a small balcony, and again, on the right, past the TV, is the kitchen hallway to my bedroom and bathroom. I had spent the evening out with my friends and returned to my apartment around 2 in the morning, and the first thing I noticed was that my lamps had been turned off, and I usually leave one or two lights on when I go out, because my place is in a dodgy area and I like for potential housebreakers to think I'm home. Smart. The next thing I noticed was that Frank had not come to greet me at the door with his traditional disdainful meowing. And third, that there was a light source I recognized immediately to be the cold, blue, and flickering TV. My door creaked as it swung shut behind me and as I stood frozen, staring across the room at my TV. It was static snow. A slight shift in my stance made something crunch under my foot and I looked down and saw that the carpet had been strewn with with twigs and burnt fragments. Something had torn the smudge sticks to pieces. Not Frank, he wouldn't go near those things. My eyes traced next to the windowsill, and the crucifix was right where I'd left it. With one minor difference that you'd probably already guessed, it was turned upside down. My heart worked itself into a hammering frenzy, and I began to sweat. It was no longer interesting or merely irritating. Something unspeakable and potent had found its way into my home, and it had something it wanted to say. I read a series about a Ouija board with Crying Hawaiian. Mm-hmm. Um, which which was definitely about a uh, a worldly poltergeisty situation, mm. which is very similar to this. Um, I'm I'm not going to worry about it because of ambient music. So no. honestly, it's probably fine. Um, it's l- let me just say really quick. It, it is, is 9:45 p.m. 9:45 p.m. and someone is running their weed whacker outside. Someone is weed whacking. Not going to care because. Um, because ambient music, but still. Also, to you who's doing this at 9.45 p.m., if you end up listening to this, no. Stop. Get a hobby. (laughs) No. (laughs) Weed walking is my life. (laughs) As if it heard my thoughts, the TV flashed to an image of a dark parking lot. Weed whack a con. Muffled. Thumping. Music came from inside the club attached to the parking lot, and neon signs blinked blue and orange. I recognized it immediately as the club I had just returned from with my friends, and sure enough, the door swung open in a burst of loud dance music, and I saw myself come out laughing beside my buddy, Paul. He slapped my back and told me to have a good night and then headed back home. Through my fear, some thread of rational thought drifted into my skull. If I had a stalker, this was evidence. I whipped out my phone and began to record the screen, watching both on my phone and on the TV. And the watcher recorded me as I shuffled in my pocket for my keys, then vanished off screen towards my car. For a minute or two, all was still. I thought I saw something shift in the shadows beyond the circle of light, but couldn't be certain. The image cut into static and then switched off completely, plunging me into darkness. I immediately turned on every light in my apartment, yanked the plug from the TV, and cleaned up all of the sage. After writing the crucifix... I checked under the bed for Frank, who was trembling all the way in the corner. Oh, thank God he's alive. He had peed on the carpet. That's okay, Frank. At least you're alive, buddy. Frank, you got haunted. You're allowed to pee wherever you want. Any any day. Um, I do have to say, Gestalt, um, animals in no-sleep stories 
I will say no more. We'll hold my cat's ears closed if he dies. <laughs> Once settled. Not if my cat dies, if <laughs> Frank sure, dies. And sure, nothing else was going to happen tonight. I brought the video up on my phone and watched it again. And I watched it as I left my friend looking for my keys. Once I went off screen, I saw it again. The shift out past the shadow's edge. I rewound and then played again, frame by frame. And then a few seconds before the static cut in, I found only two frames long, but enough to freeze every drop of blood like a Siberian winter. Good good usage of words. The grainy image and the relative darkness did nothing to give me a clear look at the thing. And all I could say was that it was dark, a fragment of shadow peeling out of shadow, beyond the circles of light where all good things should exist. Hmm. It melted onto the pavement like some kind of slug made of smoke and darkness. It, I made out the shape of what might have been a head and two limbs, too long and too thin to be arms, but the elbows canted backwards as if broken at the joint, the back end dissolving into nothing. A sudden crackle to my right made me jump about a foot in the air, and my clock radio had switched on, burbling radio static. The time was wrong, too. My phone said about 2.30 in the morning. The flashing red numbers on the radio read 5.43 a.m. My phone buzzed and I looked down to find it had restarted itself, and when I checked the video and the awful still frames of which I had caught only a glimpse, had deleted themselves. Hmm. I put Frank in a carrier and called Paul, who had left a few minutes after me. I'm staying the night with him and his girlfriend. I don't know what to do. Call an exorcist? It doesn't seem like I have much of a problem turning the crucifix. It didn't seem to have much of a problem turning the crucifix around. Please help. <laughs> now you're dead. <laughs> How are you going to say this? I got it. Part three, channel five, four, three, two, one. <laughs> I don't know. You're, I'm. I was going more the route. You're more like. H i n h i n h h h. Oh man! Oh man! Can only say this situation has entirely, entirely left my control. I'm not exactly sure where to begin, so I'll start where I left off. The night I stayed at Paul's. Smart. <clears throat> Some brief background information first. Paul is one of my oldest friends, and in many ways, he is the yin to my yang. Yin to my yang. Yin and yang. I don't know why I was yin thinking yin yang. Yin and yang. While I'm somewhat solitary and rational, Paul is the quintessential social hippie who would let a total stranger crash on his sofa for a month so long as he or she was 420 friendly. Hell yeah. <laughs> he lives in a dank rental house, dank, with his Hell girlfriend yeah. and an iguana named the Dude. <laughs> the Dude abides. <laughs> the Dude abides. He is really into ultimate frisbee. That's he where makes, you lose me. <laughs> he makes his that own hummus. Sociopath. He makes his own hummus in a blender. Okay, that's cool. He owns two scooters. You know that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I do know that guy. It's mostly me, except for the frisbee. The cap does not abide. <laughs> the cap does not abide. Even though it was dead late when I got to his place, Paul and Layla, the girlfriend, welcomed me with open arms. Of course his girlfriend's name is Layla. Layla. Layla, the hippie. Ah, yes. They had opened the futon in the living room, which is surprisingly clean if decorated in a Cheech and Chong, Rob Goodwill sort of way. Although it wouldn't seem like it, Paul does own a TV, 
an ancient boxy CRT that sits on top of a plastic crate. Hell yeah. I eyed it with dismay, knowing I would be sharing a room with it for the night. I could tell they were tired, but Layla sat down with me before I crawled under the covers and asked me what was going on. I gave her as many details as I could without sounding like a nut. Good luck with that. But Layla only nodded gravely and told me that this sort of thing wasn't uncommon. She mentions that her grandmother has been sensitive to demons and spirits and would often attract what she called the bad ones. Hmm. <laughs> who would damage the house and scare her brothers. Trying not to think too much about this, I curled up in a ball with Frank on the bed and drifted into a fitful half-sleep. I woke with a start. I noticed a couple things right off the bat. One, Frank was gone. No. <laughs> Two, back. there was some sort of horrible smell like a cross between a swamp and a house fire. Frank. Frank's like in the corner like he a shit. In the corner, <laughs> of course. Third, the room was still dark. The clock on the microwave in the attached room read 5.44. Well, that's not the same thing, so fuck you, ghost. You didn't get it right. <laughs> <laughs> Loser. <idiot>. You <laughs> fucking jerk. <laughs> You're wrong. You're off by a minute. <laughs> fuck off. Haunted. <laughs> haunting prevented. <laughs> Joke's on you. I'm dyslexic. Don't even know what time it is. A soft blue glow cast shadows on all the furniture. The TV was on. Standing in the center of the room, staring at the TV as if transfixed was Layla. No. Sitting up, I began to ask if she was okay, but the words died when I saw the look on her face. Her eyes were boggling out of her head. Her mouth opened wide as if trapped in a scream that never made a sound. I don't like this. I had never seen an expression of such utter, mindless terror on a person's face before. Reminds me of the chick's face at the end of sleepaway camp. No! Yes. Yes. (laughs) Do not put that mental image in my head! Good reference. Then, slowly, Layla's head began to turn towards me. The expression did not change. She looked straight at me for a full three seconds and then collapsed. I just shivered. (laughs) That wasn't cool. Things happened pretty fast after that until it was almost surreal. Paul heard the noise and came skidding into the living room. Layla started crying hysterically when she awoke, babbling something barely coherent to Paul. I thought I heard the word... Pshaka. Pshacha? Pshacha. Pshacha. But I'm not sure. Sounds like um, a type of pesto sauce. Sounds like a Pokemon. <laughs> Pshacha. It's Pikachu's third evolution. He has like uh, maracas. maracas. Pshacha. Pshacha. <laughs> but I'm not sure. After she calmed down enough to leave, Paul took me aside looking grim. You need to leave. You need to leave, dude. He said. I was stunned. What? But I thought, look, look ma- man. You got this. All you're doing by coming here is bringing it with you. Go back home. Don't fall asleep. We'll keep Frank here. I'll call you tomorrow. We'll figure out what to do. He'll keep Frank safe. Thank God. Good narrative. Um, keeping the animal like out of danger's way. I like this. I didn't have a choice. I got in my car without Frank and went home. The first thing I did was turn on every light, unplug the TV, cover it with two blankets, not one, and blare the most moving anti-ghost music I could think of. So right now I'm sitting in front of my computer waiting for the six, five, four, three, two, one. Very interestingly, the um, the writing kind of turns into jargon. It's just uh and then it's just a bunch of sixes, like too many sixes, and then it goes six five four three two one before it ends. So it's almost like 
something happened to him as he was writing this. Yeah, is what I is what I'm interpreting. Either that, or they didn't. The thing didn't want us to know something. Very true. Also, very true. Very possible. So let's uh, find out. I like it so far. It reminds me of uh, bedtime on speed. Mm. I'm okay with it. Part four. <laughs> it's literally a paragraph long. Last update before the ritual. Writing this off of Paul's computer. The thing got mine. Screen showed an image of a place. I think it wants me to go. Layla's doing some research on a ritual. Said it definitely wants something from me, but doesn't know what. And thinks maybe a release or a body? Don't know. Ritual happens in a half hour. Update tomorrow if it works. If not, no updates. Uh, do you want to... <laughs> okay, you'll give me another one. I'll give part, you one that was five seconds. Part five last update? Question mark? I know this story's eight parts, so it's not. Good news, I'm not dead. Bad news, well, read on. Going back to the night I got home, I was on my computer as stated music blaring, lights on, coffee maker working overtime, the works. I assumed since the TV was currently out of commission, I was safe, but once again, I had overestimated just how much power I, or any human being for that matter, had against things that don't follow our rules. Just as I was about to post my update, my computer blue screened, then began displaying five numbers in sequence, five, four, three, two, one. Screen blinks again. A smell fills the room just like it did at Paul's. Swampy, rotten, dead. It's a photograph of me at about six years old holding a red bucket standing on the shore of Stern Lake near my childhood home about a half hour away. Blink. Image changes. Same lake, same spot, only I am gone and the image has been taken at night. The trees on the far side of the lake are just darker shadows under the starless sky. Water is black like spilled paint. And in the middle... Rising from the depths like a monster from the ancient sea is an island. I grew up on the shores of Stern Lake, as did my friends, and none of us ever ventured to the little tree-shrouded island in the middle. Maybe our mothers put the fear of God into us about drowning or wild dogs or whatever else, but we always kept our distance. It didn't help that there was a rumor that people would go there to kill themselves, so uh, now the cold sting of recognition, combined with the smell burning in my eyes, made me realize what this thing wanted. The image stayed for a few seconds, then another series of odd flickers. I thought they were more images, horrible images that will probably rot in my subconscious when, where nightmares start, and then nothing again. I tried to restart my computer, but it was about as responsive as a brick. Immediately, I called Paul and Layla and told them everything start to finish, and Paul took a moment to hold a hushed conversation with Layla, who he then put on the line. Do you want to read Layla? My grandmother told me about these things. She said in a much calmer voice than I had expected considering her ordeal. There are a few reasons they will abandon the chaotic place where they exist and latch onto us. I love you so much, hon. No. I love when you talk about no. fucking, fucking demons This and is shit serious. Things. Okay. Sometimes you just need to smoke weed and let, let me talk. Oh, I fucking love you, babe. And I love you sometimes, too. <laughs> sometimes they are simply mischievous and want to get our attention. But this is usually confined to one or two small, isolated events and harmless. Some might wish to communicate something more important that they cannot accomplish in our world. And most rarely, every once in a while... A powerful entity is called upon to bind itself to a person, to break them down until there is nothing, nothing left. (laughs) 
which you might call being cursed. But such a thing is very difficult to do without bringing evil down on the summoner rather than the one they are cursing. And so, it is uncommon. I shuddered. Which one? I believe yours is the second. She replied. How far is this lake? If if this is where it wants you to go, there is a ritual that can be performed to exercise it. If it is the first or second type, it will respond and leave for good. But if it is the third type, we will have trouble. I didn't bother asking what trouble Trouble. (laughs) Just to that evening, uh, jump to that evening around 10 p.m., Layla, Paul, and I are standing on the banks of Stern Lake, unstrapping Paul's two-person kayak from the roof of my car. We had decided to go at night since the image was taken at night, and as soon as we arrived, memories came flooding back to me of playing and swimming here as a kid, building sandcastles in the smell of sunscreen. It was dead silent now, with no evidence of people, except for a few footprints here and there in the sand, and the island loomed in the center somehow darker than the surrounding area. I cannot begin to describe just how loudly every nerve in my body was screaming at me to stay away, but I wanted this to end. I didn't want to be cursed anymore. I have to admit, at first, I was sure Layla and Paul were going to abandon me to whatever it had that infected my TV, but I should have known better. Paul told Layla to stay on the shore, and clutching a bag of items and a paper with Layla's instructions, we set off in the kayak. There were no footprints on the shore of the island. Twigs and dead leaves had accumulated enough to make every step crunch. Paul and I hauled the kayak onto the shore, then he pointed into the knot of trees and brambles. Look. A thin, (laughs) thin blue light was bleeding out of the dark center of the island. I switched my flashlight on, and we headed in together, pushing our way through into the clearing. I knew without looking that we were in the dead center of the island. In the middle of the clearing, someone had set up a room. There was a stained and ruined armchair bleeding stuffing, and in front of it, a small table on which stood a television. It was older than Paul's with an antenna and wood veneer paneling, and it was... (laughs) (laughs) And it was on. This did not make sense for many reasons, the least of which was the TV had no cord, and there was no power source on the island to attach it to anyway. The TV screen was a flat shade of blue, glowing just enough to cast long shadows all around us. My hands were shaking as I brought out the container of salt and made a circle around me and Paul, lit two candles, one black, one white, and placed them in front of us. All the while I watched the TV, waiting for it to do something, but the screen stayed blue as we worked. Layla had mixed up some kind of black grease paint with clarified butter and charcoal. I marked the backs of my hand and my forehead with plus signs like the directions said, and she said what we might find there, but had she had not said what we might find there, but had prepared us for what it might do. And Layla said that if the white candle blew out, we were in the clear. If the black candle blew out, we needed to leave immediately. I wonder what's gonna happen. Yeah. Both of them. Then I turned to face the TV and read off of the paper. Nothing interesting like Latin or Sanskrit or whatever. Just your basic, uh, leave me alone. I don't, I don't want to be haunted by you. Uh, I command you to go. I finished and Paul and I just stood there holding our breath. And the TV did nothing. But then the smell came. It was a thousand times more powerful than before, enough to make me gag. Instantly I knew there was some physical presence, almost as if the smell itself were tangible. It was in the clearing with us. 
The TV screen went black except for a tiny point of light in the center, and the trees around us began to creak and I heard branches snapping, big branches like gunshots echoing across the water. Filthy lake water poured from the edges of the TV, flooding the ground. The chair skidded towards us and toppled sideways, stuffing vomited from the torn cushions as if ripped from them by some invisible and enormous and enraged. Paul and I had crouched in our circle, hands over our heads, too terrified to move, to breathe, as whatever it was stormed around us. And then instantly silence. Stillness. The screen went snowy except for three numbers in the upper right corner. Five, four, three. I caught a whiff of smoke and looked down. Both candles had been blown out. Who would have thunk? I grabbed Paul and we ran for it. Layla didn't know what to think about the candles. She says it's a sign that we're dealing with something very potent, but the fact that it did disturb the white candle means that the ritual probably worked. I am hopeful, though, and Frank is happy to be home. What do you guys think? Is it over? Did I get the bastard? No. (laughs) Part six, I think I know what is happening. Obviously not. (laughs) As a general life rule, I try to keep a positive outlook. (laughs) Uh-huh. <laughs> I laugh. I laugh. Ha ha ha. I was skeptical about the ritual, but hey, I couldn't quite believe what was happening to me until the night of the island. And things did quiet down afterwards. Frank came back out of his shell a bit, and once again the heaviness in my apartment seemed to diminish. The TV did turn on by itself once, two days after the ritual, but I tried to uh, attribute that to the power surges or what have you. Okay, I'm very, very stupid. No sleepers were right. It's not over. Not at all. Last night it happened again. I came home late, tired, and stopped dead in my tracks in the doorway. I can't really describe the sensation other than being whacked in the face with a burst of air. But instead of air, it was palpable dread. People are still animals, and although we might repress them, we still have an animal senses. And I sensed that my home had been invaded by something terrible. The apartment went dark again and the TV was on to a snowy channel, the soft hiss of static coming from my speakers. A light came from the kitchen. I had not left any lights on there. My first thought was of Frank, and instead of letting the fear take over, I got angry. My cat is family as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. And I don't take kindly to anything that tries to hurt my family. As I am a girl... And living Whoa, learned that knowledge. So, part six. It's I'm a girl. A girl. As I am a girl and living alone, I keep a small 22 auto on the catch, all by, all by my front door. I carefully opened the drawer and brought it out, held it in front of me as I turned towards the kitchen. You think bullets are going to hurt a ghost? In front of my... Yeah, it's no. the most American thing I've ever heard. America, just bring in an M14. Unless they're filled with salt, you're fucked. Exactly. In front of my stove, her back turned towards me, was a woman. She was extremely old, her hair a mass of tangled salt and pepper wisps, back bowed under a ratty blue dressing gown. No shoes. My first thought was, ah, escape mental patient. But then (laughs) something peculiar happened. She flickered. Flickered. It was like when the image on a TV cuts out for a moment. I knew immediately this was part of the entity that was haunting me. My hands shook as I held the gun out with the sinking feeling that it wasn't going to do jack all against a demon or whatever it was. I felt a twinge of recognition, but I knew I hadn't seen this person before. Had I? The woman just stood there for a moment, not acknowledging me. 
flickered again. Then she turned her head and looked at me. I knew where I'd seen her face before. It had been attached to a body swinging from the ceiling of a yellow-walled room on my television. I stood frozen, my mind blank. All of my wits had utterly deserted me. I doubt I could even have pulled the trigger if the woman had gone all B-movie and lunged at me. Instead, she just opened her mouth and with one knobby yellow nailed finger, she pointed inside. She had no teeth. Her tongue was black. I blinked. My kitchen was empty and the TV switched off. I've given Frank to Paul and Layla again. This time, indefinitely. Thank you. <laughs> Keep him he safe. Is, he's really not doing well after this and Keep I can't in good faith... Keep him safe. Keep him secret. <laughs> he is really not doing well after this, and I can't in good faith keep him under until it is resolved. I'm calling my landlord tomorrow, who has owned this building for quite some time. I rem remember being impressed with the good deal I had gotten for such a nice place, and how the landlord didn't seem too thrilled to be there for so long. I remember how my neighbors have avoided me since I moved in. He moved into a haunted apartment. She moved into it. Now it makes sense. Yeah. Exactly. My theory is that this is not a demon or a ghost, but some measure of both. H.P. Lovecraft once wrote about sorcerers so ancient and evil that when they died, the worms that consumed their corpses became something hideous unto themselves. I believe a prior tenant for my apartment was one of those bridge gap people who has given their humanity to things too hideous to speak of, something who died, but not before the very walls had absorbed the darkness they exuded. So, not to put... Too fine a point on it, but uh, I believe I'm living in a dead witch's apartment. <laughs> that is putting a little, a little bit of a point to it, but that's okay. Part seven: the hole in the wall. You might want to look through there before you stick your dick in. Oh wait, this is about a girl. <laughs> a brief recap from the investigation over the past few days: the landlord was very unhelpful. He hand-waved some things about the woman who lived there before me being ill, quote-unquote, and being taken to a, quote-unquote, care facility, but I wasn't buying it. He claimed it was for privacy reasons, but it didn't seem right to me. The neighbors were less tight-lipped, but didn't seem to know any more about her than I did. They said that she was an old lady, late 60s, 70s, and they thought she kept pet rats and maybe had some sort of hoarding problem. Hey, pet rats have no correlation with hoarding. That's, That's rude. stigmatism. My next door neighbor mentioned that there had been a bad smell in the apartment until he moved out and a lot of renovations were done on my unit before it was put on the market. No one had seen her, spoken to her, been in her apartment, or seen her coming out during the day. Only one, the same next door neighbor, had seen her late one night, close to three in the morning, leave her apartment and head down the street. He did not see her come back. Paul and Layla came by to help me search the apartment just in case there was some clue left behind. They didn't find anything, but after they left, I continued my search, and I knocked on the walls until I pulled, I pulled out the stove. I knocked on the walls, pulled out the stove, checked for loose carpet corners, the works, and that was when I found the plastered area. It was a simple drywall patch, about as big and round as my head. The spackle looked relatively fresh, which intrigued me, but... That was not the oddest part. The patch was right behind the TV, over the electrical outlet. At this point, I've given a lot of credence to the idea of coincidence, rationality, and logical explanations. By the time I had made this discovery, all that shit had gone right out the window. I knew this was not a coincidence. She had left this here for me. 
I grabbed the lamp off the end of my table and slammed it through the patched drywall. Okay. Only after a puff of dust sent me into a coughing fit did I remember how old my building was and that I'd probably just inhaled lead paint, but found I did not really care. I began chipping away at the plaster with my fingernails until the hole was a little bit bigger than my hand, and I shined my phone inside, catching sight of a tiny plank jammed into the gap. It wasn't what I expected, but then I didn't really know what I expected in the first place. Maybe a uh, decaying horror movie hand to punch through the darkness and grab me. Instead, what I found on the bit of dusty mouse poop covered plank was this. A few small bones. I would later learn from a Google search that they were from a rat, some vertebrae, a scapula, part of a femur to be exact, and some wadded up paper. Most of it was uh, junk, old newspaper from decades ago. Publishers, clearinghouse flyers, uh, that sort of thing. There were a few shredded pieces that looked as if someone had blacked them out with pen, no handwriting or visible drawings, just scribbled on one side black. A dusty blank 45 RPM record. It had a label once, but it had been scraped away and the sleeve is blank. I've been debating whether or not to play the record for the past three days. I have a feeling that it's what she, it, wants, but what it wants isn't necessarily what's best for my health, if the night on the island was any indication. At the risk of making this sound too choose-your-own-adventure, uh, I uh, really need some advice. <laughs> what do you think? Play it, bury it all in the woods, move on, break my lease, I really don't want to do that. <laughs> Last part. The end. First off, sorry this took so long to post. Life really caught up with me, and it's taken a good chunk of time to come to terms with what happened as a result of playing the record. I'll also say that I have destroyed the record, the recording we took of the event, as well as all the photographs and evidence for reasons that will be made clear in this entry. So I'll start by bringing you back that to that night, with Paul and Layla in my little apartment. Be warned, there is some strong language. Not ours. I'll say it. <laughs> Loud. <laughs> Dx. <laughs> Layla had taken some of her necessary precautions. Candles, salt, incense, and a few others I didn't understand and didn't really ask about. Paul, being the classy guy that he is, had a record player which we set in the middle of the living room, having cleared the furniture to the side. The other items I found in the gap were spread out around the player, as well as a digital tape recorder and Paul's cell phone to record the video. I left Frank alone in their place, hoping he'd be okay by himself. We certainly weren't going to go in unprepared, but later on it was pretty obviously how impossible it was to prepare for something like this. Well, yeah. Picking the record record up. The record. <laughs> My picking the record up. After picking the record up, I looked at Paul, then at Layla, who nodded and put her hand over Paul's. I took a deep breath and placed the record on the player, lowering the needle. At first it was just crackling white noise. This went on for about 45 seconds. Then, I became aware of a background noise. The closest description I could come to is the sound of a dog running very fast on some kind of stone floor. I heard the clicking of nails on massive paws, heavy panting breath as the sound approached, as if it were physically coming closer to our little protective circle. I don't like that. The sound increased, becoming clearer far clearer than the record's capa uh, record player's capabilities. Closer and closer. My bedroom door burst open with a crash, 
banging against the wall. I yelped and stumbled backwards, but Paul kept me before I left the circle. My heart was hammering like the paws of the invisible dog. Another long, crackling silence. Someone began to hum. It was an off-key, tuneless sound. The notes wandered around aimlessly without any attempt at melody. Less distinctively, I heard voices in the background speaking in low tones. The humming broke off and an old woman's voice said, May I have a glass of water, father? The voices did not stop. It didn't seem like they were speaking English. The old woman repeated her request, her tone kindly but rasping began to feel bad for her. Why weren't they getting her water? Get this bitch some water. Heavy breathing, very heavy, almost panting like the dog from before. Then it increased in pitch until it became hyperventilating. Words mixed in. I caught a few, which I transcribed. Crick, 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 few, 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 few. No, 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 no. Please, please, no, please. Let me, let me, let me, let me, let it, let it, let it, let it. Fuck you. Fuck, fuck, fuck. Fuck him, him, him. She broke down into wheezing. The background voices be- grew louder. They were definitely not speaking English. Some kind of Italian, I think? Ah, mozzarella. Ah, spaghetti spooky spaghetti. I stopped copying. I'm the copying. worst ever person. <laughs> <laughs> like, I am the worst. Some kind of Italian, I think, but I, I stopped copying here, and I'm going to go from memory, so it's hard to say for sure. The old woman began to cackle. Her voice pitched high and almost desperate. Then the pitch dropped dramatically began deep, much deeper than even the lowest male voice I've ever heard, and certainly any woman. And it spoke again. Now, you can read that. I ain't reading none of that. <laughs> yeah, I ain't reading none of Then the girl sobbing, heartbreaking whimpers and pleading. Please, please don't hurt me, Papa. Don't hurt it. Please, please. I want to go home, Papa. Please, please, Papa. No, it hurts me. Hurting me. Hurting me. Hurts me. Get it off. Get it off me. And while all the while the voices gained strength, something shattered and I jumped. But it was from inside the record, not my apartment. Layla and Paul were rigid and wide-eyed. Her fingers dug into his hand. The third silence of the night ensured. I looked at Paul's phone, only a few seconds had passed. And then, sweetly, gently, the woman's voice again, just one word. Papa. Quiet. A door slammed shut with incredible force. The record jittered as it spun, throwing the sound of a gale-force wind into our ears. I heard furniture topping, something light, a chair? And then the wind died down and there was a subtle creaking like a tire swinging, hanging from a branch, and no other sounds. The record ceased spinning. Weren't no tire swing. I ain't no tire swing, buddy. The light bulb in my lamp exploded. Layla screamed. One by one, the candles blew out. Every board in my floor began to bow and creak as if an enormous hand had pressed up from underneath the floor. Paul's voice pierced the sudden cacophony. Don't move. Don't move. Nobody leave the circle. My television turned on, white, static. Layla spoke. It's in there. We both turned to look at her. She was staring fixedly at the record player. Her eyes dark and wide and blank. It's in there, she repeated. We need to get rid of it. 
What do you mean? Trust me, <laughs> she said with a frightening amount of conviction. I heard it in my head. It spoke to me. It wants us to let it out. We need to destroy it. Layla, we're not doing anything until you tell us what's happened. She whipped her head around. No! <laughs> no! We need to destroy it. No! All of it, do you understand? Layla would not let it go. She insisted on packing everything, the papers, the record, all the evidence up, too, and including our own documentation into a cardboard box, shipping off to an open lot near Stern Lake. Oh, there, my, my wicked, my, my wicked Motorola Razor. Oh. I just bought that. Blick. In the box. In box now. <laughs> There, within view of the island, we built a little pyre and threw everything we could afford to lose on it. The digital recordings we deleted. Only when we scrap, only when every scrap of evidence we had that. Yeah, sentence. Only when every sent, only when every <laughs> scrap of evidence we had that the event had occurred was a molten pile of slag. Did Layla relax enough to explain herself? You were half right, she said to me. The woman, she was a kind of witch, I suppose. She spoke to me about a creature that visited her that night and called itself her father. But her father was dead and she did not understand what you, that he had gone. She called upon it and it fed off of her loneliness, her eventual madness, and grew stronger and told her to find and kill rats, to paint its name on the walls and stay away from other people. I don't know. The story grew vague after that. She was quite insane by then, but I suppose a priest was called at some point and a ritual performed and the thing was trapped in the record. But like all containers, there was a bit of a leak and it found the closest means of manifesting itself, your television. Because all parasites, no matter how strange or terrible, require a host and the host was meant to be you. I stared into the embers. Is it gone now? Layla nodded. Yes, the woman was alone and weak-minded, and a weak mind is an open door. She wanted its company. You had us, so why would you need it? I thought of the woman who lived in my apartment, the sweet, kindly voice on the record, and felt a lurch of sadness for a lonely person who so desperately wanted a friend that she allowed herself to be destroyed for it. Paul, seeing I was upset, clapped me between his shoulders. All things considered, they could have caught a lot worse. Yeah. That was almost two weeks ago and the incidents have stopped. I did get a new TV, although I didn't think I want much to do with it. Like I said before, I am something of a skeptic, but if there's any advice I would give to skeptics, it's that no one should be above treating any incident with the respect it deserves. Had I ignored the events or hand waved them off as a prank or whatever, I think the outcome would have been substantially worse. Out of curiosity, I did put on a surgical mask one afternoon and sand away some of the paint on the bedroom walls. Layla had mentioned the woman had written the names, the thing's name there, and I couldn't help but be curious. I mean, I was expecting something like Pazuzu or Pazuzu is Exorcist 2. Oh, okay. Beelzebub or possibly Legion. (laughs) I was like, Pazuzu? So uh, this is exorcist. Okay. Uh, since that's what springs to mind with the zon- d- demonic possessions and stuff. And after an hour or so, I did find a few dim outlines. Black ink, or maybe some very old red ink. And once I wiped the dust away, I felt my heart do a nasty little somersault and froze solid. There it was, in hand, written like a child. Five, four, 
three. Okay. Five, four, three. Five, four, three. Um, I wonder if that has some, some, some meaning. Like, do do you do you have a Bible? What's 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 book five, v- uh, verse two, line five, four, three. Line, or verse four, line line three. Gotcha. You know, like like I don't, I don't know what that could possibly mean. It's probably gonna be something dumb, but I'm interested. You know, you know, with no sleep, people are, uh, people are creative enough to to maybe have it linked back to something. <laughs> so what's what's the first? What's what's the fifth January, book? February. Uh, I just went January, February. February. <laughs> uh, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. So Deuteronomy. A very uh Leviticus numbers Deuteronomy four three just just tickle my fancy and read three for me um your eyes have seen what the Lord did at Baal Peor for the Lord your God destroyed from among you all the men who followed the Baal of Peor Baal what's the Baal of Peor Baal is uh is a god. Like huh. lowercase g. Like a demon. Oh. Let me grab my phone. We're doing some sleuthing. We're sleuthing. We're sleuthing this. Um, let me Google Bale of Peor. And let me look at my notes. Um... Is it B-A-E-L? B-A-A-L. Those who oh, held Baal. fast... Yeah, Baal? Baal, of, Baal is an ancient deity, absolutely. Yeah, those who held fast rejected pagan worship. Uh, yes, so it's pagan worship. Baal, no, I've definitely heard Baal. See, we, saw, uh, we sleuthed it. We did sleuth it. Baal, a god worshipped in many ancient Middle Eastern communities, Canaanites, who apparently considered him a fertility deity. Oh, Fertility. Did... The father know stuff. Yeah. Did you think he like raped her? That's so not cool. Yeah, that's pretty not cool. Uh, it's a Semitic uh, common noun. Ball Hebrew meant owner or lord. Yep. Ball of wings was a winged creature. Ballin of arrows indicated archers. It's pretty cool that five four three means that though. Probably. Maybe. I, I, I mean, mean, that's I pretty. I'd assume it's pretty so. specific that it's, it's numbers, gonna... right? Like. They could only mean so many things. Um, I'm reading to see if there's anything about attitude or anything mentioned with worship. Fertility, seven A lot of cycles. sacrificing. Cain and Baal, god like, of life. sacrificing locked kids. Locked in a mortal combat, the god of, with Mott, which is a god of death and sterility. Um, Look. Yes. Yes. Baal was not exclusively a fertility god. He was also a king of gods, which meant to achieve that position, he was portrayed as seizing divine kingship. The seizing part with the father, remember? Yeah. Um, continue, uh, Baal's continuous struggle um, and grandeur to those of other gods. Um, he basically tricked a bunch of other gods into doing some shit. And he tricked the old woman. Yeah. And the thinking it was the father. That's true. The Lord. That's right. Um, 
Babylonian pronunciation, the god ultimately became known in Greek as Belos, which is identified with Zeus. And Zeus is a known rapist in the, in the, oh, yes. when it comes to gods. Oh, yes. So, yeah, there's there's a lot of parallels here. And I'd like to think that we definitely um, hit the nail on the head. We definitely got into that. Um, I want to look at one more source before I see if there's anything we missed. Yeah. Tannin in Phoenicia is like where he was worshipped the most. Yeah. He was a chief. Yeah. It's most it's mostly the same stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, in Matthew twelve twenty seven, Jesus calls Satan Beelzebub, linking the devil to Baalzebub, which is a Philistine deity. So it's almost like um, it's almost like Satan Satan got a piece his of kicks yeah. from Baal. Yeah. So um pretty cool. To, to kind of jump into that. Um, there's only so many things that, that numbers could stand for, and it's it's usually de- the devil. <laughs> it's like, and it's you're usually, reading a no-sleep, it's usually about the devil. Yeah. So pretty cool. Um, it's uh, it, it, To me, the story didn't do anything new, but it did it in a what I would consider a fun way. It was fun. I definitely enjoyed the beginning and the end didn't think we were going to read, like, Bedtime 2.0. Like, yeah. really didn't think we were going to read an exorcist thing. I thought there was going to be something supernatural going on with the TV. Yeah, like, me too. Honestly, like, like, when you set it up with, like, Channel 543 and you view, like, a woman kill herself, I think we have, like, a haunted TV channel. Like, like a Ring TV you. channel that shows you, like, terrifying things. Like, how do you exercise your TV, you know? Yeah. Like, that's what I thought we were going to be dealing with. I'm not disappointed. It's just, no sleeps tend to go in different ways. Yes, like, definitely. Like, just recently, I had someone much like you who hadn't been on a, a bunch of episodes in a while. And the story was supposed to be about uh, a creepy kid's, like, imaginary friend. Mm -hmm. And I don't know too much about creepypasta or no sleep lore, so I really wanted to read a story about, like, a kid who just is, like, always talking to something you don't see. And that was kind of my vision for that. It ended up being, like, this very commercially driven, like, exorcism story about the creepypasta character Laughing Jack. I know him, yeah. Which is, like, a, a... a popular creepypasta Very. character. That's the first time I've ever read a story about Laughing Jack, so I was fine with it. But I didn't want your run-of-the-mill stereotypical, like, exorcism demon story. Yeah. And, like, that's kind of what we did here. It's not that I'm disappointed. I just wanted something new. And I guess... And we'll get, we'll get And I that. guess going towards episode 200, we're going to pull some of the same straws. Tropes are called tropes for a reason. Yeah, you're going to see It's about how you tell the story that changes our perception on things. Of course. I think, um... I think it's important to give this this story like it's, it's ups for being relatively humorous, relatively short, to the point... Um, it did not wax poetic anything. It gave you just enough information to be interesting. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm cool with that. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it for what it was, and I um, appreciate that, it, yeah, it wasn't too long, and it didn't try to overstay its welcome. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. And I think... Um, I think when it comes to, like, what I hope to read with you next time, yeah. I hope that's some left-field shit. Oh, yeah, so, like, I would love that. So, like, what we wrote down today, I hope I hope coming coming back we yeah, have some so fun shit. Yeah, so when we come back shit. to me, we, we definitely already picked out another story, so we're very excited for that. And, you know, we hope to be a lot sooner. 
you're you're gonna bring in the the, the two hundred. I think uh, after the two hundred episode special, you and I are gonna do something uh, something really fun post two hundred. That sounds great. Um, so you know we're, we're making sure you come back at least every like hundred episodes. <laughs> I, I'd like to come back <laughs> once every fifty, not once every hundred. And I will keep that deal with you. Yeah, we're, gonna we're, shake sh- on we're shaking it. hands. We're shaking on, on it. That's a visual cue. I'm not that the kind of person. And 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 uh, Cap knows me. I'm not the kind of person who wants to do this frequently simply because I put everything Life. into it. No, I put everything into it. Sure. Like when I do these things, I want them to be good. Oh yeah. I want them to be enjoyable. Oh yeah. And I'm not the kind of person that can dish De- out deliver constantly. I can't. <laughs> but when I do deliver, I want it to but be. But that's good. why I'm saying life. I'm saying life has a way of like taking your energy and expelling oh, yes. it in different ways. You're the type of person who spends a lot of energy and a lot of creativity in their in their natural life. So you know, there there are people who I who I have contracts with to come back like every 20 episodes. Like like Cannibal Siren, I record with her o- over the internet. I, I very rarely record with her in person. Yeah. So, you know, with her living in a different city, you know, it's it's much easier to record online. We have a very disconnected kind of recording style, but w- that doesn't take away from how we record or how we are with each other because we're very friendly. So the idea is that because that's such a process to do, I can only do it so much. Yeah, of course. And it's very similar to you. So yeah. it's like, it's like, I have those contracts with people. I'll make sure that I stick to that with you. Yeah, so let's do that. We will We will stay there, and uh, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I, I did. I enjoyed this episode. I was very happy to have you I'm back. very happy to be here. I'm very glad you answered my text. And uh, and this, uh, I believe this is the Halloween episode, so happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. To everyone. Spooky ghosts. The spooky ghosts. Spooky boogie. Ha- haunting your TVs. And telling you to watch uh, shitty adaptations of uh, uh, of horror movies. Go watch the classics, kids. Understand why why these things are. Watch good. Ringu. Watch watch Ringu. Watch Houseu. <laughs> Houseu is Please a do. good time. Please do. Uh, stay away from stay away from that that new art house shit. Go back to the classics. Get gritty with it. All right. This Halloween, revisit that old shit. You think Pumpkinhead is full of shit? I say Pumpkinhead is ninety percent practical effects. Give it its <laughs> give it its goddamn give it a respect. Try. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Of course, my friend, and we will see you next time. Away to the days and when the moon is high, a little rise with the tide, with the lust for life. Well, unless an army of a horn is a horn, and then we'll look across the land until we stand to shore. Away to the days and when the moon is high, and then rise with the tide, with the lust for life. Well, unless an army of a horn is a horn, and then we'll look across the land until we stand to shore.